Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Tuesday, January 11th. As the Omicron surge continues to hammer the Bay Area and the U.S., straining our hospital and healthcare systems, a recent experience of my very own left me with a question I hadn't really been forced to explore until now. What happens when someone gets very sick with something other than COVID? I put that question to one of our region's most recognizable and trusted voices that we've come to rely on during the COVID pandemic. And along with my producer, Sydney Fishman, we had a remarkably candid conversation about the very real nature of the strains and stresses this two-year pandemic that's still raging as strong as ever has placed on our fragile healthcare systems and the men and women who work in our clinics and hospitals. Here in the Bay Area, we have access to some of the finest medical care in the world. We're very lucky that way. Um, it also means that some of the leading experts in their fields are right here in our backyard and have been a resource for us. And one of those voices from UCSF has been Dr. Peter Chen Hung. And, you know, so I'm a big sports fan. So I know like, I, like nicknames are kind of, you know, fun to me. You're one of the only medical experts who's got his own acronym. Just when we say Dr. PCH, everyone knows that we're going to have Dr. Peter Chen Hung either on the radio or the podcast. There's a little bit of a, a cachet, and I don't want to use the word celebrity, but come on, Doc. PCH, is, that's a pretty cool moniker for a doctor. Well, thanks, Matt. <laughs> I love being called PCH. My students call me PCH. Many colleagues do. And it reminds me of, you know, a, a happy place, Pacific Coast Highway, as yeah. well as the initials of my name. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Dr. Peter Chinhung is an infectious disease specialist and professor of medicine at UCSF. Over the Christmas holiday, I became very sick with strep throat. And uh, it was about the day after Christmas the a lingering sore throat went to uh, the next level, which was you know, severe pain in my throat. And then within a couple of days after that, I woke up in the middle of the night, just covered in sweat. I had the chills really bad, took my temperature at a temperature of 102, took it again, then a couple hours later, and I was up to 104 and thought, okay, well, that can't be right. So I'll just do it again. And sure enough, it was. And so I I walked myself in this, you know, mild state of delirium down to the emergency room and ended up, you know, getting an antibiotic and some, you know, steroid treatment and things like that. But it didn't get any better. And so 
long story short, a strong enough antibiotic wasn't prescribed to me. So things progressed a lot worse. And then I had to go back to the ER, spend a couple of days in the hospital and had to get on, um, you know, a, a course of um, IV clindamycin drip, uh, decadrone drips, uh, had to, you know, fluids for, for two days. And the thing about it is, though, I wonder if in an ordinary time, if I'd been able to get an appointment in person where a doctor could, you know, say, okay, open your mouth, stick out your tongue, say, ah, and look in my throat and see how bad the infection was, if there would have been a different gauge of, of uh, how to treat it versus the telemedicine appointment that I had initially, which, you know, there's only so much you can do as a doctor in that setting, right? So I want to have this conversation about people who come down with a pretty severe, rather run-of-the-mill illness that isn't COVID and how the medical profession right now is is able to treat those while having to worry about uh, keeping people safe and and keeping distance and minimizing the spread of this very infectious Omicron strain of the coronavirus. What are the biggest challenges right now for you guys when it comes to seeing patients who need medical care, but they don't fall into this checklist of, of COVID-19 precautions? Well, Matt, those are really great and pertinent questions right now. And of course, many of the listeners know that since the beginning of the pandemic 21 months ago here, we've been faced with these ups and downs in hospital capacity and uh, I think risk mitigation and not knowing made us separate and ourselves from the patients, not only in terms of you know physical distancing when you do get into the hospital, but also psychological distancing. Because like you said, there's less touch, there's there's people are gone and, and garbed and you know that clinician and patient relationship is, is certainly uh, missed. But you know, it has real consequences too, like you pointed out. I think we're great at uh, using uh, telemedicine or even calling over the phone and giving advice for the run of the mill illnesses, um, but like sore throat, you know, that's a very common um you know, presenting complaints of in primary care. But when sore throat goes awry or sore throat is more than just a sore throat and you as a patient can't really tell, I think that's where things may fall apart as evidenced by your story. And I think right now in the age of Omicron, there is another dimension that's new for the first time in the pandemic, which is the impact of infection on the healthcare workforce itself. So you're having two issues. You're having the regular stuff with people coming into the hospital and us trying to, you know, mitigate risk and and uh, separating uh, the positives from the negatives for COVID. But you also have healthcare workers that are themselves sick. So there is less people to do the same work that we're surging in right now um, in the hospital. So two, two things coming together makes that synergy and they, the end of the game what we use in medicine typically is triage right triage was something that was devised on the battlefield when you wanted to use your limited resources to take care of the people who will make it and not use it uh, you know for the people who are not really that sick and not for the people who are extremely extremely sick where you wouldn't have an impact and I think in the age of Omicron and the age of COVID, triage has a different meaning because all of a sudden your severe sore throat that could have really, really grave consequences 
is has a lower priority all of a sudden than all these people uh, potentially needing more severe care. So it's very complex. But at the end of the day, what we're seeing very, very vividly and in in and and very tragically is the effect of COVID on non-COVID illnesses. So name it, you, you mm-hmm. we have evidence of that. Cancer care, heart disease, HIV, tuberculosis, uh, psychiatric illnesses, uh, they all have suffered tremendously. And when you look at the excess deaths of COVID, we, we're seeing more deaths in the U.S. than the actual number of official deaths registered. Hmm. And these are all deaths from these other uh, non-COVID illnesses. Yeah, yeah. Wow. At UCSF, for example, since that's your your experience, I'll ask you about that. What is the guidance for patients when they reach out saying, hey, you know, I have a fever or my kid has a fever or my kid, I think they have an ear infection. What are you telling them about how they should proceed in, in getting care? Should Do you guys tell them, yes, go ahead, schedule an appointment, come on in? Or is a telehealth visit that first preference for you as healthcare providers? I would say that uh, telehealth is, or even telephone advice from a, a triage uh, professional, is a good first start. But of course, uh, you know, I think for the listeners to know what the warning signs are first, uh, so that you don't even try to go through telehealth. And the warning signs, of course, I think most people know are, you know, chest pain, shortness of breath, um, change in mental status. So you 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 or your loved one appears differently or more listless, those things can't wait. Um, you know, just like a broken arm, you, you won't wait on that mm-hmm. and go through telemedicine. So in the same ways, I think what it means is that your average person has to do that triage um, and not wait for a telemedicine appointment um, uh, and, and, and to go straight to a more acute level of care. When you appear in the emergency room or at urgent care, somebody who's trained will see you and be able to make that determination for you uh, instead of you making that decision on your own. Of course, I'm not for one to say that people should flood urgent cares and emergency rooms, which is the last thing we'd want to do in the age of Omicron and COVID. But certainly for some red flags, I think parents and patients need to to know about these so that they um, you know, don't try to continue to wait on an appointment because, again, that person on the other end doesn't necessarily know what you're having, uh, yeah. what symptoms, and also the tempo of your symptoms. So you wake up, you have a sore throat, and you try to make that appointment, but two or three hours later, that sore throat is progressing to fever, and you can't eat or drink that well. I think it seems like a no-brainer for many people, but for some people, it may not be. A lot of elective procedures are being postponed at various hospitals. Um, elective procedures and also new surgeries as well. Um, does UCSF have to experience any of that during this COVID surge, um, postponing procedures like that or elective surgeries? What I know is that everybody's completely overburdened again by a combination of people with COVID coming in. But like I mentioned, very, very new. A lot of providers and staff are ill right now. So, um, you know, right now we are impacted on multiple fronts, the emergency room, the hospital, uh, surgery, etc. And I think we haven't had to sort of postpone elective surgeries yet, but I, I think there have been um, 
put on a pause almost or like slow down uh, tremendously. And, you know, I think things will get a little bit more um, carried in the next couple of weeks. So it may change. But right now it's it's slowed down, but not completely brought to a standstill. Could you tell us a little bit about if you've seen, you know, some of your medical students and other doctors experiencing burnout? Like, I, I understand that burnout is really strong amongst doctors and nurses, especially at places like UCSF. Um, have you seen it get even worse in, you know, in the second year of the pandemic? Um, it's definitely worse. It, uh, burnout is definitely worse in health professions. Um, on all fronts. Uh, if you look at the latest data from the American Medical Association, an unbelievable 40% of nurses and 20% of physicians uh, have expressed the intention of quitting within the next year. And wow. that's really um, crazy. And then in my own experience, you know, I feel um, so suspended right now in this sort of um, state of disbelief, state of, um, you know, of, of just exhaustion. Um, so there's this physical and mental exhaustion and mental illness that we heard about. But there's also another thing called moral injury. And that's when, you know, we, we've had to take care of, of all these patients um, and protect our families when we go home. But you know, we have technologies to keep people away from the hospital, like vaccines and and doing all the things in the community. And it's really, really heartbreaking, I think, to continue to take care. And we will continue to do it, of course. That's our job. When there is, uh, um, you know, these interventions available, and they've been available for a whole year, say vaccines, and more people have died in 2020. 21 than in 2020 300,000 died in the country and then in 2021 uh, 500,000 died so I mean even though vaccines were available in 2021 so I think as a health provider just seeing that that contrast between something that's available that people don't take and then they get really sick and come in and strain the hospital system is a psychological blow it's also a psychological blow when science get, gets attacked and people have strong views about uh, interventions that are not evidence-based like a hydroxychloroquine or you know ivermectin right and you know we have to sort of like almost try to convince people that that's not something that's uh, useful right now and I think that all leads to this so like uh, area of moral injury, you know, we feel sort of like a whole profession is sometimes under attack. Uh, you know, not luckily, not as much in the Bay Area, as some of my colleagues in other parts of the country, but definitely uh, sort of universally felt. And that adds to the, the mental illness and that adds to the physical exhaustion of just being on a treadmill for the last 21 months. After a brutal 26 hour day, right, where you're just at the end of your rope and you know you might need to pick up the phone and call someone have those are those resources available to you have they been scaled up to receive essentially that treatment for your own mental health so that you can take care of yourself while you're taking yes, care of other patients yes definitely i think from the beginning of the pandemic ucsf has been really um 
sensitive to the need of staff, faculty, students um, around emotional health and uh, well-being. And have provided a bunch of different resources. And in town halls, they've um, advertised these resources. And they are a bunch of really interesting um, tools, uh, including uh, web-based tools for meditation, um, mindfulness, um, as well as physical I will see you in person tools. Of course, like everywhere in the community, it's sometimes associated with a delay, but I would say in general, uh, it's there is uh, a robust system of mental health supports um, instituted really, I think, catalyzed by the COVID uh, pandemic and the effect on healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, one would say that it's, it's, um, only as good as you taking act, you know, taking advantage of them. And I, I know that many people just sometimes just feel stuck, even though there's stuff that you can take advantage of. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, in your own vortex, uh, based on this sort of like chronic pain for the last 21 months. Yeah. Right. Dr. Peter Chin Hung, infectious disease specialist and uh, professor of medicine at UCSF. We really appreciate the conversation. There's so much information here. Um, Again, uh, there's so much information to digest in general, but I think these are important conversations to, as we mentioned, uh, make sure that we all kind of do our part, that certain key elements don't fall through the cracks. So thank you for your time. Uh, Very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you again for being a great resource for us here at KCBS and the Bay Area. Do appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you again to Dr. Peter Chen Hong from UCSF. And thank you to my producer, Sydney Fishman. If you're enjoying the Bay Current podcast, please subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And every episode is on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. You can find a link in our show notes. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.